0: And welcome back to The Horror Autopsy. I see you've all come back for the sequel.
1: How are you? I'm good, thank you, Paula. How are you?
0: I'm very good. I'm very good. This is a cool setup. We're currently chilling in my room with the dog.
1: Yes, we are recording, actually, the first episode we did, um, we were both, in you know, at our houses recording online separately, recording audio separately. We tried to do that again um, a second time and had some technical <laughs> difficulties... So this time um, I've driven to Paolo's, who only lives 40 minutes away from me, and now we are recording in person with uh, my new microphone. So better setup, really.
0: Thanks, Richard. <laughs> yes,
1: yes, cheers. Uh, so, Paolo, what are we uh, talking about today?
0: So today we're going to be comparing a film we spoke about last episode, John Carpenter's classic, Halloween, and comparing it to what is now considered the sequel to Halloween, David Gordon Green's 2018
1: Halloween. So two movies, both called Halloween, one a sequel to the other one, set and filmed 40 years afterwards. Um, I, I think there's been a lot said about both of these films. Obviously, you know, particularly 1978, Halloween is renowned as um, one of the first, if not the first sort of mainstream slasher movie. Um, and, you know, it's a very significant film in horror discourse. And then the 2018 version as well, I think, was um, a very talked about movie when it came out. Um, and sort of relaunch the franchise but i've ne- i don't know about you i've never heard any like podcast or video talk about both of those films sort of specifically and sort of you know um how they sort of work together i'm sure it has been done but um I've, yeah i've not seen people like dissect each of those films
0: yeah i've never seen a podcast actually compare the two it, which is weird because i thought that would have been like a hot topic incidentally this is why we have picked this episode to do it on because we haven't actually seen or heard anyone um do an episode on it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, But yeah, before we go into both of those films, Pala, what uh, horror movies have you watched recently? Um, I saw, uh, it's not really a horror film, but Compliance. Oh yeah, I've seen Compliance. Compliance is really, really good. The horrific elements. Mm, I found it really disturbing, actually. So Compliance is a film, it's based on a couple of quote-unquote pranks that took place uh, when someone called up a fast food restaurant. Fast food restaurant, somewhere yeah, American. Yeah, that's right, um, yeah. um, Called up, uh, you know, a, a Wendy's or a McDonald's, and pretended to be a police officer, and then told the manager of the of the uh, restaurant that one of their employees had stolen something from a customer, and then sort of said, "Okay, well, I can't get down there right um, right away. You need to do a strip search on this person." Um, and then the film—that's sort of the premise of the film—and then it's you know ha- about how far people will go and do how you know, the immoral acts that people do when they're told to by a supposed authority figure. And it's it's really quite disturbing, actually, especially when you know that it's based on a true story.
0: Mm-hmm. Good cast. It's one of those films you end up just shouting at.
1: In fact, I watched it on this laptop. In bed, I was just shouting at the, mm. at
0: the screen. Her main uh, lead actress, I forget her name.
1: What, uh, And Out? Yes, who's yeah. really good. She yeah, kind of yeah.
0: plays really quite a, a likeable Karen. You know, she has that kind of face. I know what you mean, yeah. You know, um, she was great in uh, Hereditary and I haven't seen all of it, but The Handmaid's Tale,
1: I know. Yeah, I watched some of The Handmaid's Tale. She, yeah, she played
0: yeah.
1: it. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot, yeah. Uh, but yeah, compliance is very good. Um, I've watched I've watched a couple of um, horror films in the cinema recently. In the last sort of uh, couple of months, so. so I watched uh, last night in Soho a mm. few weeks ago. What did you think of that? I liked parts of it. I, there were things about it that I really liked, and things that I didn't think worked quite as well. Um, it, to be honest, I think the, the, the horror elements were the parts that didn't really work for me um, that much. To be honest, it seemed a bit. I know Edgar Wright's done horror parodies before but he's never done straight horror and this felt a bit like you know it's stuff we've sort of seen before and I think things certain elements were a little overused without um spoiling anything but I thought the actual premise of the film um and the nods to other directors I mean lots of nods to Argento and Suspiria Yeah. yeah What did you
0: think of it? I, much like you, I went into it really wanting to like it. There were parts I really liked. I thought the first hour there was a lot of potentially interesting things, but I felt it dawdled a little bit. And then the last 20 minutes was like, oh, wait, by the way, we need to wrap all this up. But it was cool seeing Terrence Stamp. I liked the cinematography when they kept changing what character was dancing. I thought Matt Smith played, like, a really good creep.
1: Um, Yeah, he was good, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And it was cool seeing an object, like a... Was it you or was it someone from work? uh, Saying, like, it's, um, like,
1: a Neo Jallo. It was this incredibly
0: convoluted plot which doesn't yeah. really amount to much,
1: but... Yeah, there's a lot of twists. But yeah, it was very Jello-inspired, a lot of twists, which you sort of think afterwards, that, 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 did that need to be in there? Yeah. <laughs> as well? yeah. Um, and it was
0: cool hearing Susie and the Banshees
1: and yeah. Eloise, the, the non-damned version. The score, cool. yeah, I really, really liked the score. Um, uh, and uh, something else I saw in cinemas a little before that was Sensor, which... Um, have you seen that? No, I still seen haven't that? seen yeah, that. Have no. You? It didn't get a huge release. I think I had to um, somewhat sort of seek it out. The Prince it. Charles had a run of it. It was. I think I went in. I'd heard really, really, really good things about it, especially from Mark Kermode, who absolutely adored it. So I, I did go in with very high expectations, and I did like it. I did like it a lot. Um, I just thought it wasn't quite what I expected. I think it, it in the third act it lost me a little bit and became a little bit uh, silly. Sort of dare I say? Um, but it it was it was still um it was still a really really good film very very scary uh, in points and uh, in terms of like the, uh, the the premises it's set during the video the the protagonist is a horror film censor who you know works to uh, cut horror films uh, and the sort of production design and the as as a period piece it looked absolutely amazing it really got the detail right of all these sort of old sleazy video stores that um. The character goes to. Uh, but no, I would definitely recommend it. I think, in fact, th- out of the three we just talked about, I'd say Sense was my favourite.
0: All right, okay, cool. Riffing on all the 80s horror sleeves, which is what we're all about. Well,
1: we're one about of that. the two of us are about. <laughs> you're, you're definitely about that. I'm about that to an extent. <laughs> okay. Uh, nice.
0: So. Yeah. Uh, without further ado, should get on with Breaking Ground by comparing John Carpenter's <laughs> Halloween with David Gordon. But like now we're
1: like really bigging it up as our USP of this episode. I'm sure it's been done so many times before to people, if like to people talking about these two films.
0: I would like listeners
1: to send us links because I have not seen any. Okay, fair enough. Um right, so let's initially um I'll I'll say a little bit about the nineteen seventy eight uh, version of Halloween. So, yeah, the original 1978 Halloween is regarded as a classic horror film. One of the first slashers, like I said, and sort of invents the sort of trope of the masked serial killer, you know, wandering around and stalking and killing uh, teenagers. Um, it's directed by John Carpenter. I don't know, is it not his first film, obviously, is it? um no. has he, he made many films before that? He, he made Dark Star. Uh, he considers Halloween his first proper film. he actually made
0: two films before he made uh, Dark Star and Assault on Precinct Thirteen, uh, and he recycles a few of the cast members from Assault on Precinct Thirteen. But I think John Carpenter says it's Halloween, his second film. Okay. Dark Souls like a student project.
1: Yeah. Okay, interesting, interesting. Right, so yeah, um, it, the the premise of the film is um, the opening shot, the opening tracking shot um, is Michael Myers the film's villain as a kid, and it's shot from his point of view, and you see him um, walking around his house. He puts on a mask, he grabs a butcher knife, and then he goes upstairs and he stabs his teenage sister to death um, and then walks outside and is arrested by the police. 17 years, I think it's 17, 17 years later, uh, we jump to him escaping from the mental asylum, which he's been locked up in ever since the incident, and returning to the town of Habansfield, where our film is set. He then um, begins to... with the point of view then jumps to Jamie Lee Curtis's character Laurie Strode and um, and for the first half hour she just sort of sees Michael dotted around the you know sort of watching her from afar i think that's actually my favorite part of the film the sort of early you know she she's not quite sure if she's sort of imagining things or if someone's really following her and it's done very sort of slowly and carefully and then about halfway through it you know the the film gets going uh, and Michael starts killing off Laurie's friends while they're <laughs> babysitting for some younger kids. Obviously, this is all set during Halloween night, as the title of the film would indicate. Um, and then eventually, yeah, having a final showdown with Laurie before, well, we'll talk about the ending of the film a bit. But I think I've covered, that's pretty much the plot, isn't it? I think I've covered everything. Pretty much, yeah.
0: Um, it almost sets up the blueprint or like solidifies the blueprint films like... Um, Peeping Tom, Black Christmas, Psycho, and even Blood and Black Lace set out. Um, mm. I think the, the, what really sets Halloween apart was that it's less focused on Vissier and Blood and Guts and Gore, more on, like like you were saying, the, arguably the best part of Halloween is before people start getting knifed. It's just like a yeah. slow
1: creeping it's tension. It's a very slow burn. Yeah, I think some people today, I'd like to first just say before we do this anymore, I absolutely love this movie. Oh, yeah. It comes um, up, of course. It come, yes. you know, yeah. and, as we, you know, it made it into the, I think um, at least my top five of our top five horror films, which we talked about in the first episode. But I think this, yeah, it's a slow burn and it takes its time, but I think it's such a, it, it's a re- genuinely really scary film. I always forget how, um, how, how, how atmospheric it is. So it is. Uh, it's, yeah, a fantastic um, horror villain in Michael Myers and a fantastic protagonist and final girl in jamie lee curtis one i think she she gives a great performance some of the some of the other acting in the film is a little bit shoddy some of her friends yeah hammered up a little bit and maybe some of the writing's not fantastic but um i think yeah i think jamie lee curtis's performance is solid the score is fantastic one of of, maybe my favorite score ever just a really so the the um opening song john carpenter wrote it himself in a day didn't he? he was it a day? I didn't know I it was think a day. It, okay. it was very, very quickly, yeah. He realised he, I think he's, he, the person who was going to score the film dropped out and he was like, okay, shit, I, may, I need to come up with a score, like... Um, now? In the next, <laughs> yeah, like, right now. And they just did a simple sort of piano thing and it. Oh, my God. It's, so, yeah, again, it adds, there's a simplicity to this film, which is so effective. Mm-hmm.
0: I think that's why it works, because it, it's super simple, super effective. And it, it is a very kind of, like, there's no fat to this film. Um, you know, it doesn't parade to be anything else. Uh, and there's a lot of like European, I want to say art house, but you know some of the the visual motif, you know, him appearing, disappearing, and same with this, the, the the soundtrack and the theme. You know, there is a, a bit of a riff on Goblin, on you know Deep Red, yeah. and what Have you? But it's also a really odd movie. Like last time I watched it was with you when we went away a few weeks ago. Uh, oh uh, no, I, you were there, you were asleep, but <laughs> I ended up watching it, and I just forgot how just strange. There is something off kilter about there's it.
1: There's a weird dreamlike quality yes. to yes. it. How it is? It's set. I mean, you're, you're more well-versed in sort of horror films before this, but I think this was an early sort of horror film in that having it in a suburban, um, you know, kind of like, you know, right on anyone's sort of back doorstep. I mean, it's like a film like Texas Chainsaw, which came out four years before this, was, you know, set in, the, you know, it's got the set out in the middle of Texas. It's sort of middle of nowhere. It's the, the other sort of foreign location which people aren't familiar with. Halloween bought um, the horror film to every, you know, right to the forefront of sort of um, where everyone would be. And I think that's uh, it's very close to home, which I think is quite effective. And there's sort of elements like, you know, that it, it's in the suburbs, but doesn't seem to be anyone around. I think one of the best, kind of most disturbing bits is when near the end, Jamie Lee Curtis is running away from Michael and she knocks at someone's door. And you can see someone, sort of the curtain flicker, someone is cho- like, like aware that she's out there and needs help and is choosing not to help. It's this sort of, you know, um, no one really cares kind of thing.
0: Well, I think it even goes deeper, though. You look at you know, what was happening in America at the time of the Vietnam War. You had, like, a mm. sudden cultural shift. Um, and I think, even though it's not at the f- forefront of the film, it is in the background that, you know, suburban America is changing. Yeah. And there is this unstoppable force coming. You're, you know, Vietnam, you know, I think even movies like Last House on the Left and what have you, you know, it's about, you know, the middle class being completely, literally torn apart. Um, yeah. With this unstoppable force and... You know, a tide of change is coming. Um, and then, like I said, it's not specifically about it. Is it. definitely in the the corner of, of or at least what the zeitgeist of the fear that that film is trying to bring out. Um, yeah. You know, because like, I guess the closest was Texas Chainsaw, but it was, you know, yuppie hippies coming out of the country.
1: And that was more about, I guess, how like the old America was dying and... You know, it was yeah the meat industry and uh, capitalism that's sort of there in in the background. Yeah, I'd, I'd more so you, than Halloween.
0: I say maybe yeah. Texas I'd, I'd say you can
1: always it's weird you know we say that, but I'd say Texas Chainsaw is more of a political. Agreed, thing agreed. Yes, than, agreed. Yeah. than Halloween. But yeah, there is definitely subtext going on uh, in Halloween. Which, but that being said, you could enjoy the film and and not be sort of aware or paying attention to any of that, and it still works very well as sort of you know nuts and bolts really good slasher movie um mm-hmm. in yeah and it's, it's a slow it takes its time again i think some people might find it boring today some do you find people... it boring i don't actually <laughs> no i think it, i don't find it boring i think it drags maybe a little bit in the middle i think there's there's a section where it's um right before michael kills the first the first girl i can't remember the in the car there's a name yeah uh
0: it's because it's charles cypher's the, the actor who plays the
1: police officer her yeah. his
0: daughter yeah in the film who we'll get onto later actually
1: okay um, yeah but I think yeah I think that that whole bit when she where she gets um gets popcorn on her shirt she has to go wash her and then she gets locked out and it's like this, do we need any of this this seems like filler but then I, I guess it is then you know it's almost like of the audience is a false security yeah. and because the, she's then at, very out of the blue you know murdered by Michael and that's the first victim we see in the film well, apart from the opening shot.
0: Yes, well, again, I feel that kind of does like link back to the kind of Italian horror influence where it's weirdly paced. That scene, you know, she, you know, you're, you're kind of even at this, you know, seventy eight or whatever. Horror has started to, is starting to get a formula, mm. and you know, you know there's someone lurking around, and yeah. she gets in the car, you think she's going to get it, and then she gets out the car. So it does kind of create this sort of weirdly disturbing, jarring thing. And then when she gets back into the car and realizes she doesn't lock the door, she yeah. had to unlock it. I don't know. I hear what you're saying, but I kind of like the fact he took. Literally put the film on pause just to let this little yeah. sequence play. I don't know, it kind of. I'm not saying it adds realism. I don't want to give the film more credit than it already has because it, you know, it's held yeah. as a classic. But there, I don't know. I feel there is an element of
1: nothing really happening, and then all of a sudden everything yeah. happening. And then yeah, it has that
0: thing. With mm, boom, yeah, again, so,
1: that the score is great. Um, but yeah, and and yeah, like I said earlier, her acting um, is a little bit. Questionable.
0: Same with her whistling. Her whistling really buggy in that film. <laughs> I don't it's, know, it's just really flat. she's
1: quite an annoying character. She is quite yeah. annoying. Yeah. I think, again, I think she's supposed to be because it, it, it sets up the other um, female characters specifically, you know, like, you know, they're very <laughs> uh, stereotypically female. You know, like, I, don't, I, don't, I always forget my maths book, you know, all you need is a, you know find a nice boy for the dance and everything will be fine, whereas Laurie is a bit more of a nuanced uh, character. She likes Ben Traymer, though. She does like she Ben, ben Traymer, yeah. <laughs>
0: Dreamy Tramler. I'd like to see a spin off with him. I want, I want to put well, an end to it. A a film from Ben yeah. perspective. Yeah. Or he's just
1: sitting at home getting high. No, he's yeah. got no idea about any of this. It's <laughs> this the next got to be Halloween End.
0: Right? Halloween <laughs> End, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's got absolutely nothing yeah. to do with Halloween at all. <laughs> yeah, this movie. Well, I think also it's. um We can't forget, I think, the cinematography. The cinematography has a real plays a real part in the film. Much like Jaws, you have that POV, that tracking, mm-hmm. all those steady cams. Um, and that's so iconic, you know, when she's just walking around, you have the trees of Haddonfield, and the houses, there's a real iconic look to that. And I, I think, yeah. yeah, this cinematography really laid out what the next 10, 20 years of horror would look like. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's the first, one of the rare occasions that actually people in that film are now, A, still alive and be way more famous than they were like these aren't just like you know it's not uh, as much as a love bruce campbell He's a niche act, yeah you know, jamie lee curtis she became a movie star yeah and same was. with john carpenter though he has his feet firmly in horror people know the thing people know halloween people know yeah. the fog you know
1: yeah i think yeah halloween in particular yeah is a famous a, a very famous film um, in its own right um and yeah, and then, yeah, I mean Donald Pleasance as well. I mean, oh, that's yeah, oh,
0: how I completely forgot like about like Donald Pleasance.
1: it that. Donald Pleasance for context. If you haven't seen the film. Donald Pleasance plays the, I guess you could call it the other protagonist in the film apart from Laurie. So he's the doctor who treated Michael when he was in, in his institution. And then I'm not going to try and replicate the quote, but he, he decides that Michael is evil and should and cannot be cured. And it's an interesting performance that Donald Pleasance gives in this film because it is very. It's quite. Hammy I suppose I've heard that he didn't get on with John Carpenter very well. I think he was a bit of a uh, prima donna, for lack of a better word. Right. Okay. Maybe took um, took himself a little seriously. But I uh, know I do very much enjoy his, his performance in this, and it gets um, steadily more over the top, sort of throughout the film and throughout yeah. the rest of the throughout film. Throughout the songs, series, yeah. especially. That's why. Yeah. I mean, because it's funny you
0: say that. Because it was his daughter that wanted, that persuaded him to do the film. Initially, they were going to get Christopher Lee. Which wouldn't have yeah. worked. I think Christopher Lee's like six foot. in a very different film. voice, you know. And yeah. Donald Pleasance, at the time, was I guess in his mid 50s. Um, he thought the script was overwritten and didn't quite get it. Okay. Um, but he's a very interesting character. I think if you look at it with like, he's quite a morally ambiguous character. Especially, yeah. you know, by Halloween 60s, pointing guns in little girls' faces mm. and just going, he's not a man, he's not a monster, <laughs> he's just running around monologuing. Yeah. He's arguably, met, I mean, how, who the hell gave him a doctor? A doctor. Know, I mean, yeah. He's a terrible doctor. He's right? a terrible doctor. <laughs> and
1: actively trying to murder his patients. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, the whole thing with Charles Cipher was like, damn you for letting him go. And you're like, yeah, you know what? Actually, damn you for <laughs> letting him. This is all your fault. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great, great, great character. And we'll get onto it in a bit. But as the sequels go on, he just becomes mm. arguably as he doesn't kill
1: anyone, but he becomes arguably as like monstrous as Michael. Okay. Well, I haven't actually... I've seen Halloween 2, which is a, which is a, a direct sequel to Halloween um, that came out a little while afterwards, but that's the only other one um, I've actually seen from the Halloween franchise, apart from the 2018 version of Halloween and more recently Halloween Kills, which we'll get to. So you, you've seen... Um, have you seen all of the Halloween other Halloween films in the franchise? Yes. You have, you've seen it's all of them? The okay, yeah. okay. better or works, yeah. Interesting. So if you want to talk like... We'll obviously, with this podcast, is on the '78 version, the 2018 version. But there is wanna, lineage, I feel. Okay. So, do you want to quickly sort of run us through um, the other films in the franchise, unless there's anything else you want to say about the original Halloween? Okay. So the, the Halloween series has quite a convoluted, like,
0: plot development. So, so the first one was written as a standalone piece, and um, Mal, uh, Malika Card who was the producer, uh, realised how much money it made. So he then wanted, obviously, to write a sequel. John Carpenter didn't, but was kind of like pressured into it. Apparently drank bad Budweiser for six weeks and wrote this script, which then became Halloween 2. which is Interesting. I, I, I think it runs out of steam, but I like the fact it starts 30 seconds before the first one finishes. And yeah. I think it improves on the one thing I don't like about the first Halloween film, is Petty, when he gets shot. Looks like he's doing a weird Michael Jackson moon dance, yeah. and I think they they up that. But okay, you know, there's the second Halloween introduces the silly plot twist that you know Michael mm. is Laurie's brother. So we didn't actually
1: talk about the ending, um, but, you know, it's a spoiler podcast. The ending of Halloween is yeah, the last fifteen minutes or so is Michael stalking Laurie. She attacks. She stabs him with his butcher knife once, and there's another pit which he jams a uh, coat hanger hook into his eye uh, but then he uh, he keeps he keeps getting up essentially and this is what there's a, there's a fantastic shot where it's john castle nick castle isn't it plays um, michael myers or the shape and he gives a really you know despite the fact he doesn't say anything he gives a really good performance in this film he conveys a lot just through his body language and the way he moves and there's a fantastic in the end where he just sits upright really mm. slowly mm. and this is what introduces the supernatural element to Michael Myers. Like you said, he's credited as the shape at the end of the film. He's, he, he is, he's both kind of human and not human. And that's properly reinforced at the end where Donald Pleasance shoots him six times and he falls out a window and you see him lying on the ground, and when Donald Pleasence runs over to um, look at the body, the body is gone.
0: All that's left is a little outline. Did you notice? Like you I didn't watch notice. It's such no. a HD vote, you can see the outline. So it's almost like he's the evil has burned uh, into the ground. Which, is, which, again, kind of adds to the whole supernatural okay. element. Halloween 2 starts 30 seconds before Halloween 1 ends, where he's shot out the window. Um, of course, it being a sequel and being like 1981, they just upped the blood and the nudity. When so, was it made? 81 i think. Okay, 3
1: years after. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, just everything is just upped. The ante's up. And at the end of Halloween 2, it was supposed to be the f- the final conclusion of it all. Donald Pleasence's character Sam Loomis was meant to die. Michael was shot in the face, shot in the eyes and blown up. And after that, John Carpenter was like, well, he wanted Halloween to be set in this fictional town of Haddonfield,
1: and every Halloween something weird happens. So well, like uh, it. he's, he's going gonna... to get an anthology, yeah. yeah, always set at Halloween, but not with not, you know, rolling around Michael or Sam Loomis or Laurie yeah. yeah so the third one season of the witch right so it's controversial Ma- Michael Myers is not in this Michael,
0: Michael Myers isn't even mentioned it's a, it's same town Hannesville but yeah. no one talks okay. it's, it's written out of history controversial movie loads of people hate it I happen to really quite like it it's Okay. very silly It's got a bit of a a Twilight Zone vibe. Um, It was written or... or John Carpenter, I'm going to get this wrong slightly, but the guy that wrote, not the Quatermass, the guy that wrote, I think, the Rockfield tapes, which is like British horror, um, wrote a script and apparently he was a complete twin. So Halloween 3 is set at Haddonfield, around Halloween, and there are these masks being made. Okay. And there are these cursed masks and it's got all this Gaelic uh, mythology. Um, It's silly. Some good cinematography. Dean Cundy, who was the cinematographer for the first two, went off and did, um, I think, um, God, what was it? Was it uh, Jurassic Park or something? Dean Cundy's a good cinematographer. Um, did another film called okay. Witch You Came From the Sea, which was good. Uh, a lot of slow glides, but it's more of a conspiracy theory. Um, but it's cool. Very silly, but it's cool. Okay. But it bombed because obviously Michael wasn't in it. And yeah. people wanted to see Michael. So, unfortunately, what could have been a really cool idea was setting this Halloween anthology. Mm. After a a pause, Halloween 4 came out, which is fun. It's well-paced, but it it, it kind of sets the tone for what's to follow with, you know, Sam Loomis gone completely crazy, walking around with walking stick, firing guns off at people. (laughs) Um, Michael, so, okay, so it picks up from Halloween 2. So in in a sense, Halloween three didn't happen in the lineage of the Halloween Michael Myers. There's thing. a lot of
1: that in the franchise of ignoring previous films and saying actually no, we're not that last one didn't happen. You know uh, chronologically, this is the next mm. one after that. Okay, mm-hmm. so in terms of to Halloween four, so Halloween four,
0: Halloween four, Return of Michael Myers. Return of Michael Myers. Um,
1: so Sam Loomis
0: is wandering the earth trying to find Michael, sure. and he stops off at a gas station and somehow finds Michael Myers. Okay, um, and Michael of course gets in a van and rides away. Um, but it okay. picks up. From Laurie Strode's niece. Ah, okay. Um, and it's set still in Hannaford at the Myers house. Is Germany Curtis in this one? No. Okay. She's mentioned, but she's not in it. Okay. And it basically follows her niece, and Michael is for some reason after the niece. Okay. Um, there's a cool kill in it where Michael gets a gun and instead of firing off, he stabs someone with the gun. I think I've
1: seen that on some kind of compilation of Michael killing people. Okay, yeah. cool. it's a good kill. It's, yeah. it's
0: quite it's quite imaginative. I don't know if you want me to... How spoilerific do you want me to? Uh,
1: I think we're going to spoil... We'll do a disclaimer, but yeah, we'll spoil. So, we're, we're spoiling the entire franchise, people.
0: Yes, yes. <laughs> Get ready. So at the end, um, Halloween 4 has the same... It ends the same way Halloween starts with a POV shot. Someone with a clown mask murdering a woman. Okay. Turns out it's Laurie Strode's niece who is now the killer. And okay. Sam Loomis is about to shoot her, but he gets tackled down. Okay. End of Halloween 4. It's actually quite fun, incidentally. Um, you know, the town sort of tries to revolt against Michael. Again, Halloween kills Echoes. But anyway, Halloween 5 is a bit of a dull one. Again, uh, so Michael is shot at the end of Halloween 4 and um, somehow falls in a river. Okay. And this homeless man finds him, and looks after him and nurses him back to health. Interesting. And okay. Jamie Lee Curtis's niece in the film starts to have a psychic connection with Michael. Okay. He calls him Uncle Mike because obviously there's a the bloodline. So like the Strode bloodline is cursed. So Michael comes back and tries to get Laurie's niece because of this psychic connection. Okay. Um, Nothing much. The only real thing about Halloween 5 is, at the end, they just tacked on this ending. Throughout Halloween 5, there's this man with cowboy boots walking around. No one's really sure why, and right at the end of Halloween 5, this man with cowboy boots breaks Michael out of prison, kills all the police officers, and the writers didn't know what to do with that ending. Okay. So they just left it. So along comes
1: Halloween 6, which is... It sounds like it's getting not great in terms of a... (laughs) No, uh, quality of no, filmmaking standards. No. Halloween yeah.
0: 5 is a bit of a, it's, I don't know, it's quite dull. It's, okay. it's a bit pointless. Like the psychic thing's kind of cool, but <coughs> Sam Loomis' characters, each film just ups the ante. He's getting older, he's got you a know, lazy eye, he's just firing guns off and pointing yeah. guns at women. He actually uses the niece as bait to lure
1: Michael by okay. forcing her with a gun to her head. It's really crazy. Sounds pretty shocking. Yeah, yeah it is. Okay.
0: Um, so Halloween 6, if you have a spare weekend, I would look it up the production of Halloween 6 because it's crazy. Is so, this the
1: one set in a reality TV show? No, that's okay. to come. That's okay. to come. Wow, there are so many films in yeah. this franchise. So, okay. Halloween
0: 6 is the first one that Paul Rudd was ever in, or uh, one of. Yeah. Um, and there are two cuts of it, it's unfortunately produced by The Weinstein. So, Oof. Halloween 6 is again set in Haddonfield, and um, Paul Rudd plays Tommy Doyle, who was the kid in the first one, which again, he will reappear, play, but anyway. He does, yeah. He will reappear later on, and he's a bit of a creep. Okay. And Jamie Lee Curtis's niece is still wandering around. Um, Michael comes back to Haddonfield, and there is. This is where Halloween introduces the cult of Thorn, where it explains Michael's supernatural powers. Because uh, no. all of a sudden, Michael has like a weird tattoo on his wrist, which is which you never see until then. Okay. And basically, he is part of this. Cult of form which preserves bloodlines and create makes people immortal, but they need a blood sacrifice.
1: Okay.
0: There are two versions of Halloween Six. One is the producers cut. One is the theatrical cut. Producers cut is better, but the original cut has some cool, um, like industrial metal. Doesn't really use much of the soundtrack. It's bonkers. Um, sat uh, Donald Pleasence's last film because he was ill through during the production. He died. Before they could complete all of his scenes, so they had to rewrite. It was just production help. Then. Comes Halloween H2O, which is a ridiculous title, but it almost echoes what the David Gordon Green Halloween does, where it's set 20 years after the first one. Jamie Lee Curtis's character has a new identity; is a struggling alcoholic, but not struggling that bad because she is the principal of a private school. Okay, her son's played by Josh Hartner, uh, What is name? Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's in it, okay. and the nurse from the first Halloween. Is in it for about twenty
1: seconds. Did you say as well? So this one ignores the previous films in the franchise. It doesn't
0: mention them. It kind of works as a. It kind of does work as a standalone thing.
1: Okay, Uh, so you could watch the original and then watch H2O. Yes, and you wouldn't lose. In fact,
0: you might. Yeah, you wouldn't lose anything. Okay, Um, yeah. Uh, So that. So Jamie Lee Curtis was kind of lied to, and she said she'd be on board if this was going to be the last Halloween. Midway through production, Malika Card told her that. Now within the legal framework of the Halloween franchise, Michael can't die. Okay. So which she didn't know. So the guy that wrote Scream, whatever his name, was, Kevin Williamson. Clarkson. Kevin Williamson. Okay. What's close? Yeah. Uh, wrote it, and um,
1: midway through
0: production, so at the end of Halloween, H2, she cuts Michael's head off. But those pesky producers wrote in a plot twist where Michael swapped costumes with a police officer. Oh so wow. So Laurie cut off the police officer. Okay. Which then brings us to Halloween uh, Resurrection, which is the uh, found footage. The the people, including Tyra Banks and um, Buster Rhymes. Buster Rhymes, thank yeah. you. Um, basically, spend spend the night in the Myers house, and it's like live streamed. And of course, they do a reality, It's
1: a reality TV show yes. type thing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. The, um, the only good thing about Halloween Resurrection is the first ten minutes they kill off Laurie Strode.
0: Okay, um, and then it ends with Buster Rhymes, Kung Fu, and Michael
1: Myers down. Oh, good lord! It's. Okay. I think I've seen it. I've I've also seen a sort of combination of the various different masks that Michael. You know the, the, the renditions of the famous, um, you know William, William Shatner, Shatner mask. Yeah, and it looks ridiculous in this one. You can see his eyes, which yep. immediately sort of stops him from being yep. scary. It's very, very just white. There's no sort of um. It's yeah. It's not good. Well, that one and Halloween H two
0: O. I think the masks are a bit. Lame in it okay, so that's the so already within that original franchise, there are like three different um narratives going on, yeah. or like like start and pauses of narratives. Okay. Then along comes Rob Zombie, mm. who we have. I like House of a Thousand Corpses, I know you do I'm not a Rob Zombie fan, um, I like his mu I prefer his music to his film again. That's more your thing than mine, sure. That's sure. fair enough. Uh, first one, f- first Halloween remake, obviously, is half an hour longer, so it's it shows Michael's childhood. It's basically what happened... It gives him raised... all the
1: backstory, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> he was raised
0: by white trash, basically. Okay. And he's not very... He's... I don't know, you almost feel like a bit of a connection with him. You're like, oh, poor Michael was beaten up by his dad when he was young. Yeah.
1: I don't know, he's not very scary. Well, I mean, everyone knows if you want to make something really scary, you explain the hell out of it, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You give it all the backstory. Humanise Take away it. all the mystery and all the creepiness of this unstoppable force. Of... Okay. Um, no it's yeah, true though it's true though
0: and it's a shame because there are some good moments in it. you know Sid Hague's in it um, Udo Kier's in it um, Brad Dwarf. Brad Dwarf's in it and, and Malcolm McDowell Malcolm, is, who's um, terrible in it he terrible he's really Michael? bad in it and I like again
1: him. I like Malcolm McDowell
0: I do but not in this he has okay. a really bad British accent even though he's, he's British, British. <laughs> yeah um, but he dies at the end of Halloween the Rob Zombie one he gets like punched in the face or something I can't remember okay um, cool and then and then they do another one, don't they? Then well, Halloween well, Rob 2. Zombie does another one, yeah. Yeah, which I quite like. It's very different. It kind of is more into like the surreal. It goes straight on into the surreal. Um, has a lot to do. I don't know. I think it actually does attempt to cover a lot of themes about media, about like collective insanity. And spoiler: Jamie Lee um, Laurie Strode dies at the end of Rob Zombie's Halloween two. It's, a... it's, 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 he plays. Is it still Jamie Curtis? No, I don't know. Who it is. Okay. Um, there's, a, there's a white horse that shows up. Um, it's all symbolic. And... Okay. Sounds weird. It's weird. It, Sounds... I kind of like it actually. Okay. Um, it's sort of mean spirited and kind of violent and Anyway, so that's then the second adaptation of Halloween, and then weirdly enough, a long ca- so during this time. Um, Malika Card and his daughter, who were the producers of all of those Halloweens up until then, dies in a terror attack. Oh my
1: God! Really?
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, I think it was Al Shabab or Al Qaeda, something like that. Uh, so his son, I believe, I'm not going to say. Let's call him Card Junior. I don't actually know his name. Um, started looking around um, to reboot the Halloween franchise, and weirdly enough, he finds David Gordon Green and Danny McBride.
1: Yeah, I, I remember when this was announced a couple like a, a year or so before the film came out, that these two people were bringing the Halloween franchise back. And I was both excited and uh, trepidatious, I suppose, because th- th- these are not these are not horror filmmakers. You know, um, David Gordon Green is, uh, is a director who's done a, a lot of different types of films. Never but, horror, though. But never horror. I mean, mainly comedy. He did Pineapple Express. Which I like. Which is fine. I like Pineapple, I like Pineapple Express as well. But it's not a horror film. No. And Dan McBride, um, yeah, also a predominantly comic uh, background. Very funny, he's spanning down. Um, uh, this is the end. He's done. He, he, yeah, he's a very funny uh, comedian and actor and writer. With a mullet? Yes. And he gets away with it too. He does pull off that mullet. But yeah, so this. So, yeah, that. Um... Today, so, so today,
0: today, they get brought on, and then it's announced uh, a few months later that John Carpenter is back on, and he's going to be doing the soundtrack with his son Cody and his mate.
1: And um, he's an executive producer and an executive. So producer. John Carpenter wasn't involved in any of the. He hates them. Okay. I don't think he's actually. So serious. after the first Halloween one, after the Hallow- Halloween after 1978, Carpenter no, so leaves he, the project. He, he
0: he produced and wrote Halloween two. Okay, and then I right. think he did the music for Halloween three, which is cool. It's got like a weird, like very keyboard heavy, okay. or like synth heavy. It's cool. And then I think he might have produced Halloween three or done something with it. Uh, but then afterwards, the only real credit John Carpenter gets is based on the characters by John Carpenter and Deborah Hill. Let's actually
1: not leave out Deborah of Hill. Of course, Deborah Hill, yeah. Who was also the co writer and, and producer of the original. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. Um, I think it was his wife at the time as well. Okay, I don't
0: um, know. So, yeah, so it's, it's announced that this new David Gordon Green Halloween is going to write out all of the sequels. Again. Again, and start 40 years after the first Halloween. Big excitement because Jamie Lee Curtis
1: is back, Nick Castle's yeah. back playing the shape, and. Well, for briefly, I think he, he cameos. He's it's, it's a, oh, right. okay. a different actor for the majority of the film because he's oh, right. an older Michael Myers. So I know you and I were both very excited about it. Yeah. Oh. Probably, I mean, you, you probably had a bit more invested because you were, um, uh, cause you've were you seen all of the others. But yeah, I was a huge fan of the 1978 19, 19 version. I probably mentioned it last time, but this was I probably the Quintessential film that got me into horror in the first place, the original Halloween. I think it's the might be the first horror film I remember watching all the way through so yeah when I heard there was a um, sequel uh, slash kind of reboot being done with Carpenter's uh, blessing and involvement as well yeah I think yeah we were both very very excited if not a little you know we didn't want to get our hopes up too much yes
0: which is the part I'm looking forward to because we've both seen Halloween 2018 yeah we have and I think we have very, very different opinions on
1: this. So when you... I remember you watched this film before me, and you really... I remember talking to you after you'd watched it, probably a week or so before I did, and you really, really... I remember you just being just so gushy about this film. <laughs> you you absolutely... Adore I'll stand it. by that. I'll yeah. still stand by that. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about the, sort of, um, the premise. So yeah, it's set except for, except 40 years after. The opening scene features two... Podcasters, not like mm, ourselves. No, uh, <laughs> um, who do who, they do a true crime podcast, and they go to visit Michael Myers in uh, the institution where he's been locked up ever since the events of the first movie, and, and then it cuts back to Haddonfield, and it's we um, see Laurie, played by Jimmiy Curtis, again. One of the things I think I do like about this film um, is it focuses on the trauma that she has experienced um, from that. Uh, halloween night 40 years ago and she is reclusive you know she has a lot of guns she lives out in the sort of sticks in the middle of nowhere and she's been ready for 40 years for michael to return and what do you know after these podcasters visit and they bring his mask and everything which they they, they they got from the evidence room. Uh, they, they, one of the podcasters knew someone at the court's office, and I guess that's how it, that's how things work. You know, you can just check out evidence willy-nilly There there are there. A, a couple
0: people. of plot holes. Yeah, that, yeah, there,
1: that's true. Yeah, um, and yeah, and then Michael escapes. There's a really good scene uh, about half an hour in or so with the two podcasters there at a petrol station and Michael because he wants his mask back. He, <laughs> He brutally murders these two. There's a fantastic set piece where Michael's holding a bunch of teeth, um, and the female podcaster is in the toilet, and he just like sprinkles sort of teeth sort of over the over the bathroom stall. Um, and it's an example of you know Michael is often in sort of all the films this sort of emotionless, unstoppable force of nature. You never know why he's killing people, but once in a while he sort of he'll toy with his victims a bit, and so there's an element of menace and even mischief to him, which. I really like um, when that side of Michael comes out, um, but yeah, but, yeah, exactly. And then eventually, yeah, he finds himself uh, back at um forty years after the events of the first movie on Halloween night to kill Laurie again and kill as many people as he can. Michael kills so many people in this film, and that's the that's the setup, I suppose. You're obviously a big fan of this film. I, as uh, you may have got the impression already, I am not a Huge fan of this film. I think <laughs> there are parts about it that I like the, the sort of you know the core elements with Jamie Lee Curtis and Michael. I think those work quite well. But there is a lot, there are a lot of characters in this film. There is Jamie Lee Curtis, there is Laurie's daughter and granddaughter, and,
0: Judy played by Judy played by, Greer. Yeah, Judy
1: Greer plays the daughter. I love Judy Greer. I, I, can't, I don't know the name of the actor who plays the granddaughter. Alison, her character Alison, I don't know. Okay. That. But the film, in particular, with Alison's character, this film takes a long time on, on her character and her boyfriend. And and I did none of that worked for me. I didn't really care about any of these characters. I just wanted to sort of see a showdown between Michael and Laurie again. I think there is a lot of, as we said, this film was made by people with a background in comedy. I don't think the comedy works in this film. I think comedy is sometimes quite necessary and important in a horror film to be a sort of, like, tension release. There's a moment in... Um, in a film that came out a couple of years ago called His House, about a uh, two refugees. Have you seen His House? Yeah, his yeah house? I really yeah. liked His House. His House is fantastic. Uh, and there's a couple of moments in that where um, humour is used after a sort of a long, you know, a scene with a lot of tension and a lot of scares. And then there's a joke at the end, and you need that joke to ease yourself into the next scene and get you through. There are sections of this film which seem like improv comedy almost, like the two cops who are talking about their lunches and stuff. <sighs> and I, I, I'm just watching get, why is this in here this is complete. this isn't funny it obviously isn't scary I don't know why the hell this wasn't cut from the floor like, I can't believe that you know there, there's a lot of editing that I think needs to be done uh, for this movie it's about two hours long isn't it just under it's like an hour and 40 it's, hour and 50 yeah. it's, it's longer than the first one yeah the first one is a it's a tight 90, yes. 90 minutes yeah. and yeah. I think most of the best films are 90 well, minutes I
0: think a majority of the Halloween movies are under two hours this might be one of yeah. the ones
1: yeah um but I think, okay, so I've, I've talked about the things I like and don't like. There's a couple other things um, that we'll get into spoiler territory, which we'll talk about towards the end of the film. Um, but you obviously really like this film, so why don't you talk about what...
0: Though I can like appreciate where you're coming from, I totally disagree.
1: Okay, with everything? With I said. pretty much everything.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> so, I so sure, there are a lot of characters, and I think the issue with having too many characters comes in Halloween Kills. Again, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. I like the fact that it kind of set, it, it, it took its time to set up a new group of characters given, I get it if you can't be asked <laughs> getting reinvested with new characters because the original characters are so iconic, but I like the fact it took its time out and took it seriously. Even though they were cannon fodder, it took its time to set these characters. I actually ended up quite liking her stoner mate and the boyfriend even though he's a bit of a scumbag in it. Yeah, and I like the dynamic. I, of the, the kind of family breaking down. You know, I, I like the fact, like you were saying, they, they, they focus heavily on
1: the trauma and mm. the kind of real effect that
0: trauma has. Um, yeah.
1: All right. Yeah. It's essentially ruined uh, Laurie's life mm-hmm. in a way. And her family's know. life. Yeah. It's, um, it, yeah. It has. She's, yeah, I think like you said, in one of the other films, she's uh, got a drinking problem. You yes. know, she's um, clearly suffering from a great amount of PTSD and, it, and she's not, you know, she's not a happy person. You know, she's just constantly living in fear of, what will happen when Michael eventually comes back
0: on Halloween night? On Halloween
1: night, yes. um,
0: and there are there is a certain inherited silliness within this, but there is a kind of silliness within slasher anyway. And I like the fact that humor sort of confronted that, realized the silliness without taking away personally from me the threat of Michael. I thought Michael was quite threatening. This. Like oh, you yeah. said, he kills everyone Michael's, and they yeah. updated that whole scene where Stoner Guy was talking about uh, yeah it's not that bad he only killed three people 40 years ago things are much worse now. Yeah.
1: And I like the fact that it kind of nods to the original. Yeah there's a bit of meta-commentary on horror films and how you know you you, sh- you would show the original version of Halloween to a lot of modern audiences and they would yeah they would, I'd, saying, I might be saying they might find well I don't know if they would laugh but I don't think they'd find it as um, they wouldn't find it shocking. No. You know, because, you know, we've got films like, you know, we've had French Extremity, we've had Saw, we've had incredibly violent movies, very human centipede. You know, it's very hard, to, it's almost impossible to shock an audience, uh, a horror audience these days. And, and there's a couple other, there's, there's sort of comment about in, in the sequels, um, they reveal that Michael uh, is an, and Laurie are brother and sister. And that's why he's stalking her. And there's a line about this where it wasn't they weren't they brother and sister? No, that's just um, story that people made up, and it's rubbish. Like you know, there are there are sort of yeah nods to the the, the fact that Halloween is a franchise, and and there, there, there is a, yeah it's a bit Even on the in, nose sometimes. But I did I did enjoy I that. You
0: yeah. know, like the scene you were talking about with the teeth. That is yeah. a riff on Halloween H. Two O. There are certain uh, scenes okay. within this new Halloween that are echoing previous the kids in the Halloween costumes from Halloween yeah. Three. Um, There's a couple of shots as well of um, that tracking shot where he's just where he finally yeah. comes back to Haddonfield, and it just followed. Incredible! It's, good, Dude, yeah. it's so good. It's, it's, um, it's okay. It's fine. It's, it's fine. so good. Like it, like it's because it, you're sitting there and you're like, okay, this is totally what Halloween was about. They totally mm-hmm. get the atmosphere. He's just walking along the street, no one notices him because it's Halloween. Like the semi supernatural creature is, he just sort of disappears and pops out, and then that whole tension where he hears the baby crying. And because he killed the kid, which does update it to the modern day and does kind of bring that, hey, we're back. Michael is not to be trifled. He's not with fucking it. around. He's yeah. not fucking around. Mm-hmm. And then there's that tinge with is he going to kill the baby? Instantly, I think he should have killed the baby because he's pure evil. He's pure evil. Like, why? So, but I'm interested to see if they bring that kind of weird morality back into Halloween um, ends. But anyway, the, yeah, the humor... Okay uh so the kid the 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 kid that the girl's babysitting, he he's did quite imp- funny he
1: improvised all of his he, lines he's funny i, I that's the I, the humor doesn't work for me in the film and i still find that scene is you know a little bit grating but that kid he's a good performer mm. i don't I don't know the actor's name but i think he it plays brings a young kid but it, yeah he's good
0: cuz the people i saw halloween with the Incidentally, i saw it twice at the cinema and sat with a bit i went by myself the second time i still <laughs> sat with a big smile on my face yeah sure um that kid actually, I think, opened up the the parameters for other people to come into Halloween. Like the people I saw it with hadn't seen the other Halloween movies, mm. but they really got on board with that kid. Because well,
1: this was... is maybe a slight gripe that I have. Another gripe that I have with the film: it felt very. I don't know what the budget was for this, but it, and and even before. Um, it's sparkly. It's, it's, it's sparkly. very studio. You can feel the producers yeah. and the studio's hands all over this film. It doesn't, and you know in contrast to the uh, 78 version, you can tell that's a small budget and author piece. David Hill and John Carpenter had complete creative control. It's an independent film. Yes. And I'm, yeah, I'm going to sound like a horror <laughs> snob here, but I think when um, big studios do horror films, they obviously, because they want to sell tickets, they try to appeal to the masses. And most people don't really like horror films. And, you know, mm. they mm. they want, a, you know, they want they don't just want something, well, like His House, for example, something that's just, you know... a a proper horror film, I suppose. Um, They want something that's going to be, that's going to have a bit of humour in and please more people, potentially. Um, and I think for a lot of horror films, you know, like to an extent the extent uh, that The Conjuring or Insidious, although I do enjoy those films, you, you can see that as well. You know, they're horror films that are trying to, uh, trying to please a lot of people rather than proper horror fans. Sure. I probably do sound like a horror <laughs> film. <fan. laughs>
0: no, but it, it, there's a point to it. My, my counterpoint was that Uh, John Carpenter was one of the producers so I do feel there was some studio fingering involved um, surely we can think of a better word than that studio interference interference, fiddling John Carpenter still did have a bit of a say and you can can see that there is that Halloween vibe it brings back that Halloween It
1: does have it. It's clear more more so
0: than a lot of the sequels. I will admit. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's it's definitely made by um, people who have a a lot of affection and love for the original. And yeah, I do like the callbacks. I think Mm. particularly. um, I was going to say the the couple shots which evoke the original film, where Laurie sees Michael, and instead, Jamie Lee Curtis is Laurie in in Michael's place. So they sort of they're playing with the idea of the sort of prey and the predator and the sort of subversion. Of that. I don't know if it really does anything that interesting well, with that concept. this is what I really loved about the new one as well. I feel that they,
0: even though H2O kind of came at it from the same angle, both David Gordon Green and uh, Danny McBride took, had, had a really fresh serious take on Halloween and it dealt it, it dealt with it seriously, like, you know, PTSD, trauma, uh, four years later, you know, these new characters and how, you know, again, kind of echoing this notion of the shape, he's more than a man. You know, he, he has like you know, inherit evil throughout the century. Yeah, and I liked it. It came from a really interesting. I think it just had a really interesting way into the Halloween franchise again. And mm-hmm. I I, and I thought it dealt with it really seriously. It walked a fine line between being you know, slasher movies do have a fine line between silly and yeah, and spot on. And I think yeah, the humour did cover up some of the inherent silliness within yeah. within that. Talking of inherent silliness or potential inherent silliness. Dr. Sartain. The new Loomis. <laughs> oh, God. Plot okay. twist that no one asked for. So but you, you, you don't like this plot, you think? So it almost lost me, okay. I must admit. And, and then he stamped on his head. Yeah. And I was like, cool, I like that because...
1: Because it's violent.
0: Because A, it's violent. <laughs> B, it does kind of echo again the sort of silly plot twist in Halloween 2. And yeah. I like the fact, again, it, it did have um It had another crazy doctor, but more, yeah. more sinister. Well, that's another... I just... Because it... Sorry, real quick. It, it, there, there is sort of hinted that throughout the Halloween sequels with uh, Donald Pleasant, does does Donald Pleasant actually want to stop Michael? Because he doesn't do a very good job of doing it. Uh-huh. And he almost is obsessed with yeah.
1: Michael. So, yeah, for, the, for, for context. But it so almost to gloom is gloomy. Yeah. Okay. The, the, this is another... I wouldn't necessarily, never necessarily say gripe with the film, but an observation. It is obviously a sequel, but it's also kind of a weird remake in yeah. a way, it follows <laughs> yeah. essentially the same plot. Michael Myers escapes from a mental institution, goes to Haddonfield, kills a bunch of people, and has a final um, climactic showdown with Jamie Lee Curtis's character Laurie. And but and also, it has there is a uh, a, a doctor who is um, also working with the police to try and find Michael. And throughout the film, you think, okay, he's a a Sam Loomis, Donald Pleasence surrogate. And he's he's you know he's probably trying to he's probably trying to kill Michael. And the twist at the end is, actually, he's he's not trying to kill Michael. He's obsessed with Michael in some way. He worships him in some yeah. Uh, I say uh, so. Yeah. So then yeah, he, he kills one of the cops towards the end. He um, pulls Michael in the car, and then Michael kills him. And Michael snaps on his head. And and that, and that character and that twist is never mentioned again. It's sort of revealed and then forgotten about within. Less than a minute, and it mm. serves absolutely no purpose apart from just to sort of say, hey, you, you, you know, that this, this character you thought we were doing this, actually we're doing that, and and, and now he's dead, and now we're going to get to the final act of the film. It, I just like why, why put that in there? Why? Why the film is too long already? It
0: did almost lose me. That was the one point first time I, saw, I was like, ah, this is now, this could potentially all fall apart for me. Yeah. But it didn't bother me. Like. I think with hindsight's a terrible thing. Now we have Halloween Kills, which... Uh, um,
1: we'll talk about that a bit in a second.
0: I thought they were, they, there was potential for that to go somewhere else, even though the character was dead. I did like the fact that he set Michael out to see what the shape would do in the wild. Because there is that, that small monologue that he's like, he can't live with you, you can't live with him. Let's see what the final showdown is. I like that. I thought potentially for Halloween Kills it was going to do something with that. But again it, it doesn't it, it doesn't it but does but I didn't big know big, that at, yeah. at the time and I feel yeah. like for a standalone self-contained film yeah I thought they did as well as they could for a Halloween reboot I, I kind of see this even though I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan as the J.J. Abrams reboot which might be controversial in itself because I know a lot of Star Wars fans consider the, the newer
1: J.J. Abrams trilogy the worst um, yeah I but know. I think the bar has been set pretty low for Halloween anyway maybe that's yeah That that that's true it definitely was you know again I haven't seen all the other films I didn't I didn't hate it. I didn't. I just didn't love it. And I would think I was maybe expecting a little bit more from the film, and it just felt a bit safe. Maybe a bit like it didn't really add much new um, to the franchise or the original film. I did like. I liked the parts about it. I liked, like I said, I, I like the ending as well. I think the.
0: Um, oh yeah. Know, yeah, yeah. Image yeah, of, yeah, the, yeah. of
1: the, the three. You know, the three generations of women standing over Michael watching him burn and everything and there were a few good scares towards the end. And Fenferret and Michael had some good kills. Very good. I like those good
0: soundtrack as well. They did update a lot of
1: Yeah. It. And I, I really yeah, carpenter comes back to the soundtrack yeah, which is very goosebumps. good. Goosebumps. I got goosebumps sure. first time okay. I heard but first
0: time <laughs> when you know when, when the Halloween theme comes on, I was like, Oh yeah Halloween you know and it was cool seeing, you know, starring Jenna um, uh Jamie Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie, produced by John Carpenter. Yeah. It was cool. I I was won over by it. Okay. Um, I'm not saying it's perfect. I thought Judy Greer was a bit wooden in it. I hate saying that. I like Judy, I like Judy Greer, but I thought she was just a bit wooden. Okay. Um, I like the dad, <laughs> It was funny. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was everything I wanted from a Halloween film. It took okay. it seriously came from a cool standpoint, talked about trauma, did the whole prey uh, the, the, the predator becomes prey, never really done it in a Halloween film before.
1: Okay. Um, I really liked it. Maybe I would have appreciated it if I'd seen all the other films in the franchise. Oh, you didn't listen to me. And this is the greatest thing ever. Well, because that was my well, favorite. Yeah. You, you ruined it for me. It's all your May, I'll take that. I'll <laughs> take that
0: because I did say it was the most
1: fun I had in this month that year. So you've seen Halloween Kills, unfortunately, well, right? which was the, Halloween Blow so This <laughs> Big Time. So this was and again, and this is another. You know, I keep talking about the things I don't like about this film. But when, I said, <laughs> when I said about the um, studio interference, this, this, you know, this film was originally. Envisioned as a 3 parter Halloween, Halloween Kills, which came out a few months ago, which we've both seen. and Halloween Ends, which is out. So it was meant to come out this year, but COVID. COVID so it's filmed. It's yeah. just waiting to be released for next Halloween. Uh, okay, franchise, franchise, franchise. Nowadays, and I think it just it can be a little bit um, soulless. Mm-hmm. And I saw that a little bit in this film. Soulless is unfair, but in, in, in this in this new reboot franchise. Okay. Okay. As a whole, uh, you know, it felt all very studio and big budget and stuff. Yeah, Halloween Kills, we've both <laughs> seen, and Halloween Kills is definitely not what I was expecting when I went into the cinema. Really? Not Okay, at okay. All. okay, Okay, interesting. No, okay. I, didn't know, I didn't know anything about it, to be honest. So Halloween Kills is set um, directly after um, Halloween 1918. Very um, wrong-footedly, it gets off... It starts off on the wrong foot well, instantly. I, okay. Why? Why? I think, incidentally, I like this film more than yeah, you. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Yeah. And
0: because I think I had, I was so blown away with the new Halloween that I had such,
1: yeah, such
0: like probably
1: like delusionally high hopes. And and I had the exact opposite. I went in thinking I didn't like 2018 Halloween. That's another thing. Call it something else. It's a sequel, so don't call it the same as the original. It's such a pain in the arse two. articulate what... Exactly, anything, just not (laughs) Halloween. Have you seen Halloween? Which one? Especially in this podcast, it becomes really frustrating to talk about. Um, But yeah, Halloween Kills picks up immediately after the 2018 version of Halloween. Um, And uh, Michael obviously immediately escapes the um, basement. The, the uh, house on fire that they've trapped him in.
0: Well, that's twenty minutes after, because the film opens midway through the. the actually, oh like, yeah, yeah it does. Why are it? they? Yeah. Why didn't they just kill off Sheriff, whatever the hell his name was? And the film opens and we're going, I'm gonna get him. And that's it's like, though, it's well, dumb, yeah. why? This
1: isn't about that's you. This film isn't. This film's meant to be about silly, women yeah.
0: fighting off against. And that
1: starts this weird like the, the, this the trope that this film has, where the town of, um, banning against Michael and like in the know, dumbest way. In the evil dumbest. Evil dies tonight.
0: Evil dies tonight. Oh my! God. Oh,
1: it's so wow. annoying. He's going here. He's going. Over there. Evil dies tonight. It's not about you. I know
0: where he's going. Remember yeah. Brent Tramer? Oh, remember that? Evil dies tonight. Go away. Yes. Shut. Oh, so
1: I... this felt like you yeah, know. I, I said earlier the um 2018 version has too many characters. This I... film doubles down on that <laughs> and introduces so many an entire town, an entire town who are all have essentially formed dumb. this, and they're all moronic. They all thought they formed this angry mob to take out Michael. One of the things I did kind of like about it is that they are characters from the original film. That the uh, kid that Laurie's babysitting. Uh, but, the, um,
0: yeah. Um, a very bad performance by Anthony Michael. yeah, and and Very like, wooden. Yeah. Very annoying. Just reminded me of like, um, almost like a EDL kind of guy. Yeah. You know, it
1: was really annoying. I think that's what they're going for. That's what that it's supposed to be. Sure. Um, but yeah, sure. we, we're, we're getting ahead sure. of ourselves, but sure. um, we were not even supposed to be talking about this film, but uh, we'll, um, we we'll cover we it, we've gotten this far. So yeah, um, it introduces characters from the original film who are now adults and are still traumatised by Michael, and it, it, it sort of it, it examines the effect that Michael has had on the town of Haddon's Field, and the, you know, it's like the evil has sort of permeated through. Um, and affected the people a little, like uh, *Derry* in It's mm-hmm. uh, Stephen King. I did get that kind of vibe from it. That mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, this town is cursed, almost. That Michael has cursed this town. So the town band together to try and kill Michael because he immediately he immediately escapes and kills all the firemen that come to put out the fire. <laughs>
0: which is really. I like that bit. He's
1: standing that... there with a hose. And he's okay, just, that's yeah. Why?
0: Like, <laughs> like he's just trying to hose
1: him down. I think that actually that scene where he's... He, Michael is you know grabs the pickaxe yeah. the but it looks great it I mean, looks great again the cinematography in this um is actually very good so yeah and that's that's where the film chooses to go to focus on a lot of other characters who are trying to take out Michael Jamie Lee Curtis takes a real backseat in this movie she's not she gets stabbed at the end of the first movie so she's hospitalised for the majority which
0: I kind of like there's some real life consequence yeah but she really got on my nerves in this film where yeah. she just sitting in monologuing going if yeah, only so we knew what we knew now
1: what what Oh, the script for this film is terrible. just awful. Terrible. It's, it's so on the nose. I think yeah. So the, the statement they're trying to make is this mob mentality. This film banding together to kill Michael ultimately gets the other patient, another patient um, who escaped. Ultimately, he ultimately gets him killed, and then there's like, this guy. They're about to kill this guy. They think it's Michael Myers, and then it's very it's clearly, clearly not. Clearly not Michael <laughs> Myers. Um, and he jumps out the window rather than get torn to pieces by the angry mob and they all it's not him oh my god <laughs> we're the monsters
0: like, oh my god seriously yeah, and then that's... it cuts to uh, the outside of the hospital going Haddonfield Hospital mm. and even that where Judy Greer's like I won't let them touch you she literally gets out of the way yeah, yeah. and lets oh it's so aggravating I, I
1: think the, that concept that Michael has had this effect it's uh, cool it's a good concept but my god they hammer it so fast far past oh. home that it oh. just it becomes um, hilarious unintentionally hilarious mm-hmm. um, and then so yeah this the, the, the film goes on in this sort of Evil Donuts Tonight manner for uh, I don't know an hour and a half or very so very messy a very yeah. messy very messy. Dash. a lot of other random characters pop up Big John Little John oh I hated that I'm sorry okay so
0: this is part makes issue: all the characters are fucking stupid yeah and it was such a shame because they, they had you know the the, the, the reboot you know, the characters weren't stupid. Sure, there were some silly elements, but they weren't sh- doing stupid things. The whole big John, little John thing, they literally see a bloody handprint on yeah. their house. Well, he I picks know, up a little cheese knife. picks up cheese takes his dressing gown off, so he's just in
1: his underwear. Again, I think it's supposed to be funny. It's not. I think it's humour. Okay, the humour in the first one didn't work for me, ultimately. Did you find this one funnier? No, I found this one painfully unfunny. Right, okay. More so than the... Oh, I think the humor. I don't necessarily think the humor is bad in the first one. I, think, I just don't think it's really missed. I think it's just misplaced. Right. It doesn't okay, need okay. To be there, the humor in this one just isn't doesn't land. No. Yeah, it's just a, it's just poorly written. The film goes on like this. Jennifer Curtis isn't really in the film much. She's she's in hospital. Um, Judy Greer, sort of um, her daughter, becomes the protagonist, I suppose. Um, they towards the end lure Michael back to a house he's already killed a lot of people at this point and then the town crowd around him and just <laughs> so beat, beat the shit out of him for a few minutes and well, then he gets up and he, he kills some he kills some more people everybody he literally kills someone with a gun he, does, he literally somehow yeah. the guy with the gun misses
0: and he slashes his wrist and dies right yeah. there it's so messy it's so like you know by the end of it he's like he's going this way it's not about you Laurie mm. I'm going to go stop him. let me stab him in the back with a pitchfork here's your mask Michael yeah this whole town and then they all die literally the original uh, charles cypher's
1: character dies in it oh, they got the Judy Greer. they killed the, the which last was cool year. i, I liked that I, that was just, cool yeah that was cool i think that if you could call this film like i said earlier this film was in this the this was envisioned as a three as a trilogy as halloween halloween kills and halloween ends and i think that the thing you can say about this film is it feels like it's just a bit of a filler middle film That's like exactly it's it it's just sort of you know it's setting up everything for the last film, the final confrontation between Michael and, and Laurie. And, would, a, a lot of that, a lot of that just, it just seems like it doesn't really know what it's doing. Yeah, it's meandering.
0: And what's worse, it's like the first David good the 2018 version, was like, let's forget about the sequels, And this one, it's like, let's just put all the sequels together. I yeah. will say, great kills. We'll say the first kill of the old couple. I don't know why that really got to yeah, me. Yeah,
1: it's very good. If, if you're just showing up for Michael killing a bunch of people in really creative um, gruesome and ways. gruesome ways, then you will not be disappointed. Yeah. In this film, both of these films definitely have that.
0: I think this one has a high... I think it's got almost like 32. It kills so many people, yeah. But I don't know. There was the first time you ever saw like a prolonged death in a Halloween film. You know, when he stabs a woman in the neck yeah. and then just knifes her husband. And it doesn't cut. It just kind of focuses on the wife watching the husband being
1: killed. And I was yeah. like, they've
0: never really done that in Halloween. Mm. They've never... They never on focused on the, the air, on the
1: torment and the sadism. Yeah. yeah. And, and that, I yeah, liked that. That was quite effective, yeah. They were...
0: Maybe... And I feel our opinions are kind of reversed in this one. There were po- mm. small little snippets of Halloween kills that I liked. Yeah. But it just was so ham-fisted. It was very
1: ham-fisted and it... Um, silly. And very silly and poorly written. But I still enjoyed it. But again, maybe, that, maybe that says... I I, really I definitely wasn't bored. Okay. Maybe that's something... To do with you know the the expectations you have when you go and do a that, film. I think that's what it was. And I think my you know how I enjoy a film unless I don't know anything about unless I don't know anything about it and don't know the filmmaker or don't know anything you know then I'm gonna you know, be totally unbiased. But a film like this, I had my own preconceived notions about what it was going to be like because I had seen the previous one. So you said it wasn't what you were expecting. I didn't think it would go down the sort of mob you know focus okay. on an angry mob all trying to all trying to take out Michael. No, I didn't. I didn't expect it to um, have that element to it. Okay. Um, so yeah, in, in that, I thought it'd be more of the same of the first one. It did try, at least tried to do something a little bit different, which I think, you know, always should be commended.
0: Mm, but it doesn't. That's the thing. Like...
1: But it tries.
0: It, it tries, but it might as well not, because it, you know, Halloween 4 has the whole thing about the town coming out. And even by the end of Halloween 5, it's more of a known secret. But even that, the characters are dumb. They're going around going... What is that noise? Even though they know Michael Myers, literally every character's like, Michael's back, Michael's yeah. back, hey, let's go over there and introduce yeah. that. Oh my God, you know, it's, why, they, it was such a shame to see they just squalored all of the hard work that they put in for the new, for that 2018. I thought this one, they just, they just, they just kind of just like descended into ceiling. Incidentally, the original ending was meant to be uh, Jamie Lee Curtis phones um, Judy Greer and here's the breathing. She knows uh, Michael has killed the it. daughter. Okay. But they changed it because Halloween N is set three years after Halloween Kill. Yeah, and so they're going to be setting it
1: afterwards on yeah. Halloween night, I think, aren't they? Yeah. I think it's supposed to be four years after, so it's going to come out 2022 uh, Halloween next year mm. and be set four years after. Because that's another thing I think, kind of like about the 2018 version, it was set and... Filmed forty years after. Yes, that was so cool. Those, that yeah. was cool. That was cool. And I like, yeah, I think absolutely essential to do a time jump for this because <laughs> just what are you gonna do? Yeah, <laughs> leave the other two films in their wake? Maybe this will be really, really good. I'm quite excited about. I'm it. I'm intrigued. I think it could potentially be really, really good. But I will still... It's go got it. a
0: different vibe. I was reading David Gordon, an interview with David Gordon Green. He said it's got it's more got more in common with a coming of age film, okay. and it's more of a love letter to. Carpenter's entire film, okay. uh, entire uh, filmography, okay. and's got some got a lot in common apparently with Christine, okay. Stephen King. King. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. uh, Which would be cool. Um, where they go with it, I don't know. I like the fact you know I was again the last ten minutes of Halloween because I like the fact they killed the boyfriend. I like the fact they killed the mum. You know, I liked it. It was violent. I liked that there were you know parts in it. It was mm. just such a shame. They should have done less characters. I yeah. agree with you there. Um, and they sh- why they were just they were just so dumb and really but halfway through I was like you know what I was turning to my mate and why they were just laughing I want the one girl gets shot in the face when he kicks the car door yeah. and it's like this is such a waste well I think
1: this is ultimately my, where my gripes probably stem from is that David Gordon Green and Danny McBride are predominantly people from comedy I would have loved to have seen what this franchise would have been like if it had been...
0: Get Gaspar Noé. I want to see Gaspar Noé do Halloween. Sure.
1: I can't, I, I can't imagine he's uh, going <laughs> to be interested in that. Gaspar Halloween movie, I would watch that for sure. Oh, God. God. But I mean, if this had been directed by, I don't know, James Wan or Adam Wingard or even, I don't know, Jordan Peele or something. Again, I'd, you know, he's far more interested in creating his own stories than um, getting involved in the Halloween franchise. But if this had been helmed by an actual, someone who had made horror films before, um, I would have been able to get on board with it a bit more potentially.
0: Fair, I hear that. I don't know, I feel a lot of your grubs with Halloween 2018, I have with Halloween Kills. Yeah. Um, It's John Wick in a William Shatner mask. Mm. It's just dumb. And I like John Wick, don't get me wrong, but it's a different, it's a whole different setup. Mm. You know, Halloween was
1: about tension and this. Yeah, exactly. Just the, yeah, Just the original was so about dumb. tension, and I didn't find any of that tension in the um, in this in the remakes. In the yeah, in these two versions, Halloween blows. Halloween blows. But anyway, well, we were supposed to be talking about the um, 1978 version and 2018 version. Oh, of sorry, yeah. Uh, pretty much covered the whole franchise, which you uh, know, you know, that's um, <laughs> that's, out. A, that's a bonus. Uh, but yeah, I don't have anything more to. I think we've we've talked a lot about these about this about Halloween in general, I've got um, not much more to say. How about you?
0: Uh, just watch them. Uh, watch, Halloween... watch the original.
1: Watch the original, watch... Then watch it again. Watch it again,
0: and then watch Halloween H2O as like just a little, you know, like a, an entree, and then watch Halloween 2018, and see what you think. And if you do have a spare like weekend, watch all of them, because yeah. they are fun. There are moments in some of them that are admirable. Um, great atmosphere. And yeah, later on they go, they get pretty bonkers. But I know, I like the whole entire lineage and theme and feel and vibe
1: of the Halloween Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. Um, So we had some technical difficulties um, in the last couple of months or so. This episode is supposed to come out at the start of December uh, and that didn't happen. So we are planning on releasing this on the first week of January. So happy 2022. Yeah. If you are listening, let's hope this is uh, a good year. It's been a weird couple of years. Uh, and we're now on social media. You can find us on um, Instagram, uh, Facebook, and Twitter under the horror autopsy, and that will give you all the latest about what we're planning and future episodes. Uh, so check that out, and yeah, follow us on Spotify um, and other. We release this on other things. We? Uh, yeah, because well we, well, we use um,
0: actually. Fuck it, let's plug it. <coughs>
1: um, Anchor,
0: which is <laughs> free to use, and it will upload any podcasts. Um, on the big stream of so Spotify Apple Music uh, Amazon maybe I don't know all the big ones basically but yeah get on to Anchor Anchor's really good um,
1: DIY Punk 3. cool alright I think that's all from us um, stay scary and we Ooh. will see you in the next one guys peace and love people take care